You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, we're talking about your relationship with time. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. Hey there, James Wedmore here, and thank you so much for tuning into the Mind Your Business Podcast and this very special segment that we put together for you called the 12 Days of Abundance. We have a ton of content to get into for today's abundance training, so I will keep this very short and we'll play that audio clip for you right now. Let's talk about time. If we're going to have a conversation around abundance, we're absolutely positively going to be talking about time because let's be honest, there's never enough, right? Gosh, entrepreneurs and time, we all have this messed up relationship with time. So let's fix this, all right? So there is a correlation with our conversation around abundance and our relationship with time. So let's look at that key word there, your relationship with time. The key operative word here is relationship. You relate to time. You relate to time in a unique way. And we can tell what your relationship is with time by the stories you tell about time, right? So that's what we're going to look into today. Everything I'm saying is not necessarily about let me learn something from James, but rather let me learn something about myself. That's you. Don't learn from me. Learn from yourself. I read something recently that I really loved that like true learning is about bringing forth knowledge, not intaking knowledge, bringing without from within to the surface right? It's a discovery process. So you can sit here and say, oh, wow, James has so many cool things to say, but that doesn't really matter because you have Netflix for your entertainment. Okay. This is about looking within and discovering what is my relationship with time. So your relationship with time is not what time is. It's just how you relate to it and people relate to it differently. That's why you have people that you know, have more responsibilities than you, maybe more kids than you and more other things. And they still manage to get more done. Right. And, you know, to me, it isn't about just the doing, look how many things I crossed off my to-do list. That's, that's a whole nother thing. So that's something I always like to remind people, no matter where you're at, there's always definitely, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, we can all agree that there is somebody out there that's busier than you are, that has less money, less resources, less time, less support, and they made their dreams possible, right? So why them, not you? So we want to look at your relationship with time. We're going to do that today. We're going to have you kind of do some exercises, so maybe a pen and paper. But yeah, some people have been saying time is relative. Absolutely. Time is an illusion. That'll really start you flipping your brain inside out. Now, I get that we experience time in a linear fashion. I get that we have things that we use to measure time, and a minute is always a minute. But despite that, have you not had experiences where time feels different for you? Maybe all day at an amusement park went by in a flash. And then maybe like trying to hold a heavy weight over your head at the gym for 10 seconds felt like eternity, right? 
I'll give you so many examples of this. I almost died a couple years ago. There's an attention getter. There's a headline for you. Let me tell you about the time I almost died when I was surfing in Fiji. I got knocked off pretty bad on a wave, wipeout, and I was held under. <laughs> and it got pretty scary pretty fast because I tried to come up and it wouldn't let me up. And then I panicked. When you panic, such a metaphor for life, like all the oxygen gone, right? So that was pretty scary. And when I checked the GoPro footage later, I was only under the water for like nine seconds. <laughs> now, Jilly's laughing at me. It was like nine or 10 seconds. But when you are being thrown around and pushed down, those are the nine longest seconds of your life. And it might have been like eight and a half seconds. Like it was not that long. Okay. And if I asked every one of you here, can you hold your breath for 10 seconds? You'd do it and you'd be fine. Some of you are probably like practicing right now. I'm like, what's the big deal? But, you know, I was in a state of high stress, high presence, scared and using my whole body and then went into this thought loop of, oh my gosh, I'm trapped. Oh my gosh, I'm going to drown. And those nine, eight seconds felt like eternity. And we've all had experiences like that, right? Not necessarily near death experiences, but an experience like that where time feels different. Okay. So that begins when we start to look for evidence of our life, that begins to soften our grip on this idea that time really is so fixed. Okay. Let me give you another example. Here's one of my weird woo-woo examples. I'm in Palm Springs. This is 2013. I think it was February or March of 2013, I was at a mastermind and I was staying there at the house and then I had to catch a flight to go to Washington, DC. I can't believe I remember all these details. And I was doing a webinar, a JV webinar with somebody attending at this mastermind with me. And he kept me on the webinar and we were crushing it. We we're doing amazing. So I was like in this moment where I'm like, I have a flight to catch and I think I'm going to be a little late. But here's this like webinar with all these people on and people are loving it. And he's asking questions. The more questions I answer, the more sales are coming in. Uh, uh, uh. And then we finally get off the webinar and I just jump into the car through all my stuff and I go and I set the GPS and the airport. It was um, Santa Barb. No, what's the um, Santa uh, out in the middle? doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Ontario, Ontario yeah, airport. Santa. San Bernardino, San Bernardino, Ontario airport. So I was going from Palm Springs to there. So it was something like, I don't remember the exact times, but it was like 90 minutes away. And my flight was taking off in 75 minutes. Here's what I did. And if you guys try this, like where you're stuck in traffic or you're late or you're not going to get somewhere on time, here's what I did. I decided that I was going to make this flight no matter what. I cranked up my favorite music. I visualized myself being there at the time, like five minutes before the flight would take off and lucky it's a small airport. And I started screaming and cheering and singing along with the music and just going. And I put myself like in a Tony Robbins UPW, if you know what I'm talking about, type state for the entire drive, right? Just like, woo! I mean, and that was me the entire way, just screaming and hollering and trying to feel like, could I go to an even higher state of like joy and excitement and bliss? 
with absolute certainty, I'm going to make this flight. And I think you guys know where I'm going because I wouldn't tell the story if it didn't have a cool ending. But I literally into the door as they were closing the last person and I made the freaking flight. And that's when I realized that you can bend time. And that was an amazing story. That was an amazing experience for me. And then some of you guys read the book, The Big Leap. You've read the book, Big Leap. Gay Hendricks, right? And in that book, Gay Hendricks talks about a concept called Einstein time. And this is really fascinating because Einstein time is at the simple core, and you just got to read it because it's really a great concept, and I love it, is that you are the source of time. That might be something worth writing down. I am the source of time. And so, you know, when people come to me about building their business or doing their, their goals, you know, they say things to me like, I don't have the time, right? That's one of them. That's a big one. I don't have the time. And when you recognize and get present to this truth that you are the source of time, you realize that you can make the time. You always make the time for that which is important to you, right? So this concept or this idea of time, I want to look at it as a tool. And it's a tool that either you are going to use or it's going to use you. And why I believe one reason, this is just one reason why so many entrepreneurs have all these disempowering stories about time is because entrepreneurship in general, especially if you guys are like a personal brand, requires you to do a lot of things that are very uncomfortable. Okay. Selling. How many of you still have all kinds of yucky stories around selling? afraid of failure, afraid of rejection, afraid of getting the no, afraid of judgment, afraid of owning your expertise, you know, can't even call yourself an authority, can't even launch that course or that product you've been sitting on for years, right? And instead of dealing with that ish and dealing with those fears, how much easier is it for you to just say, I don't have the time, I'm busy. And one of the things I love about our philosophy in business that we permeate through business by design is we got to get rid of this notion that like busyness is cool. Like, look how busy I am. Tim Ferriss said this. He said, being busy is a form of laziness. And I couldn't agree more. Um, Busy work, right? We've heard that our whole lives. And being busy is most likely for you, it's very seductive. So it's a distraction. It serves as a distraction for you from what you really need to be focusing on. Okay. There's so much I want to talk here. So I hope you guys are getting all of this, right? So we use busyness to distract us from what we really need to be doing. And the reason why we use it to distract us is because you're afraid of what you need to be doing. Plain and simple, right? Five, five, five. So one of the things I tell my students is the 5% rule. The 5% rule is like the Pareto principle on steroids. 5% of your to-do list, your activities, are directly responsible for 95% of the results that you want. 5%. But that's not how people approach. They're trying to do the whole to-do list. 
And when they see the 5% thing, they avoid it because they're like, oh, I'm not ready for that and I will do that later. And they do all the little stupid stuff. Yeah, I gotta get in flow state first or let's work on my bio or my about me page or let's answer some emails first or let's check Twitter or whatever. And none of that stuff is 5% activities. And I know some of you guys are already asking, what are those 5% activities? This is another conversation and we can get into it. But I will tell you this, every single one of those 5% activities are outside of your comfort zone. Outside of your comfort zone. They're a little uncomfortable. They put you at risk, but they're illusionary risks. They're not real risks. They're risks of the ego. They're risks of the reputation that so many people are so concerned about, right? What if I look bad? What if someone thinks something bad of me? Well, they already are. I'm sorry to say, but people judge all day long. How many times have you judged me since I've been here today? You judged me yesterday and the day before, but we're still here, you're still there, and life goes on, right? So they're illusionary risks, but that's why people tell you, and you've heard all the quote cards on Instagrams, like magic happens outside your comfort zone. But as long as you have these 95 other percent of those activities, as long as you have a mile long to-do list, that's always calling your name, most people will stay there. So even when people say, I'm just so busy and I'm just overwhelmed, it's rarely the case. They're just choosing to focus on things that don't matter. And one of my favorite, favorite quotes, favorite affirmations that I say over and over and over again is the less you do, the more you will make. So I am not at all impressed by the people that work longer and work harder and stay busier. Big whoop. What you are telling your audience, the universe, and yourself is that your only value to the world is your ability to work, which a lot of people have that. So you're not really bringing anything special to the table, right? Well, I just work hard and that's what my competitive advantage is. Well, you're screwed. (laughs) There's a lot of other people that can just work a little bit harder than you and you're out of business, right? So do you see how much this relationship with time is so wrapped into all of it, okay? When you look at time, time can become a constraint and a circumstance, okay? I only have so much time. I don't have enough time. When you look at it from that perspective, this is how much time I have or don't have That is actually what limits, in your mind, what's possible for you. Because I have this much time, this is what's possible. You're letting your present circumstance be the constraint on your future. That's so inspiring. You should do a TED Talk on that, right? Instead, here's how I look at, whether it's goal setting or just creating something in your life. When you live from a future of infinite possibility, okay? That's my favorite word in the world is possibility. You bring yourself to that future almost as if you had a genie in a lamp and you granted, you got a wish granted from that genie. And no, it wouldn't be I want a million wishes or a million genies. But that wish, like, Boom, I want this outcome, I want this revenue, I want this launch, I want this book, I want this software, I want this. And from that outcome, so we created without constraint, you created what you want, 
without logic, reason, or constraint in, for the future. And from that place, you look back and you ask what we call an outcome-oriented question. How can I make this happen when I can only work two hours a day, five days a week? Questions are the answer. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask. So instead of saying what most people do, what 99% of people do, I don't have the time, therefore I can't, you get to say, here's what I'm committed to creating. How can I make that a reality when I only have two hours a day or when I can only work on it after work or when I can only work on it when the kids are asleep or when I can only do it at night or early in the morning or in the weekend or in the next three weeks. And my friends, you're going to have to take my word for it, but there's always a way. And that's our job. Our job is to find the way. And the way to find the way is in asking the right questions. The problem is people don't like not knowing the answer. I don't know. This is what people do. They go, how can I blank? And then they go, I don't know. Therefore, I can't. And we have to stop that pattern too. How can I blank? Hmm, I don't know yet, but I'm going to stay in this question. I'm going to wade in this pool of possibilities until the answer comes to me because your subconscious mind must answer any and every question that you give it. Give it time. Give it time to go beyond reason and go beyond logic, go beyond who you think you are. If you really want to learn and grow, you must be willing to go beyond the limits of yourself. And that's really true growth right there. So if you're in your box, you create a box of your beliefs and rules and how you think the world works and how you think business works and all these things. And then you want something that exists outside this box, but you're using the tools, the resources, the thinking and the actions within the box. You're never going to get outside the box. You're going to stay in this little tiny limiting version of, you know, your model of reality that you've created. But what you want is out there. You must be willing to go outside of there. The way outside is always with questions, but you have to be, have the courage, the patience and the faith to stay in the question, to be okay with, I don't know yet, but it's coming. So I hope that makes sense. I've really made the argument that time is much more relative and fluid than we tend to realize time is an illusion and Einstein time, you are the source of time. What I would like to propose is that the complaint that you have about time actually gives you a benefit that it actually has what some people call a secondary gain that you're actually getting a payoff or a benefit, a gain by making that complaint about time. So you got to look, how does it benefit you? In what way does it benefit you? What reward do you get by saying the complaint you have about time? I get to blame something else. It's not my fault. You're going to have to create something that will create awareness and presence for you when you do it again. It's going to happen again, maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday. So 
you have to plan ahead, right? What are you going to do in the moment that you catch yourself saying that little story? Like, I just don't have the time. And I want you this weekend or today to create a plan. Okay. Next time I say that I have to stop myself. I have to pause. Maybe I take a breath. I could even ask myself, is this to avoid responsibility? Is this because I'm afraid of something? And then where I want you to go with it, that you can go wherever you want, is it's an opportunity to tell a new story about time. You know, I don't have all the time in the world, but I have enough time to get this done. If I focus on the most important things and I stay focused and I do it the right way, then I will get this done. I love my affirmations that have become so much more automatic and subconscious today around time, which is I always get everything I need to get done, done. Everything that needs to get done will get done. It's all going to get done. The things that are the most important get done, right? Because we do, we relate so much to time and productivity, right? So does it really matter how much time you have or don't have? Or is it really about what gets accomplished? Isn't that why we're having our stories about times? Oh, I don't have enough time to get it done. But let's just focus on the faith, the knowing, the conviction that we're going to get it done. And if you knew you were going to get it done, whatever it is, would you have any worry or concern about time at all? Right? No, you wouldn't. And, you know, when we keep telling those stories, we tend to waste a lot of time. That's kind of your homework is to recognize the stories you've already been, the complaints you've already had about time, to recognize that there's a secondary gain or benefit by telling that story and then begin to tell a new story. And it really doesn't even have to be related to time. It just has to be related to really for me personally, what worked for me was just focusing on here's the outcome I want. It's going to get done. You know, I think a lot of people when they haven't done their own work and healing and they have a lot of stuff around, you know, a lot of money stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not deserving of money. I'm not good enough for the money I want. Then they start to think that if I want to make more money, I have to do all the things. I have to do all the things. And we have a concept that we use. I don't know where we heard it from. I think it was like Silicon Valley or something, but it's the MVP, the minimum viable project or promotion. And so when we approach, like we're going to do a launch or a funnel or a promotion, it's what's the least amount of things that we need to do to maximize results. Most entrepreneurs do not ask those types of questions. What are the least amount of things we need to do to maximize results? There is a law of diminishing returns. So some people are just, let me do everything. Let me do a ton of stuff that's completely irrelevant, a bunch of that 95% activity, not the 5% stuff. And now you just exhausted, burnt yourself out. And I'm doing one third or one tenth of that and we're getting the same results. So work less, make more. The less you do, the more you make. I love that. And it's so true. I first heard that in 2009. So I've been using that for 11 years. It has stayed so true. The less you do, the more you will make. You are not an employee. You are not paid by the hour. Your value is not attached to time. And people bring all this employee mindset nonsense into entrepreneurship, which is like playing basketball your whole life and then applying the rules of basketball to soccer and thinking you're going to win. Good luck. But that's not going to happen. It's a very different game. And I get it. School did not teach you or I 
how to be an entrepreneur. Everything was about, you know, ask permission, work harder, work longer, raise your hand, do what you're told, right? And sets you up for an employee. And there's nothing wrong with being an employee. There's something wrong with using the rules and the game and the strategy and the thinking and the behavior and the beliefs of an employee when you are not an employee. You are not. You are an entrepreneur. And some of you are like, no, I am an employee. I was like, well, I'm talking to entrepreneurs. So <laughs> there might be people. This is why I have a job still, but there you go. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that's helpful. Hey guys, James again. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's audio clip of our 12 days of abundance. Now, if you were attending live or saw the replays, you might have seen a lot of our business by design customers ranting and raving about my money and abundance program called Mind Your Money. This is a 31 daily audio and exercise guide that's designed to help you create a brand new relationship around money, not just in your business, but in your personal life too. And the feedback and the results we get from our customers that go through it is unbelievable. In fact, I just got one today that said, James was just listening to Mind Your Money and with love and gratitude, may I please suggest you turn this into a book. For those who have not yet started it, all of the answers are inside. And during our lives, when people saw all of our students talking about Mind Your Money, they got really curious, how the heck do you join? Until now, you haven't been able to. It's been a secret bonus program for our Business by Design members, but we've decided to make it available as an extra act of abundance for you guys for the next few days while we're running these uh, podcast episodes. So Mind Your Money is a 31-day program designed to create a brand new abundant relationship with money, and it's priced at $4.97. If you want to enroll by the next few days, I am going to give you a $197 or $200 discount so you can get in for just $297. And yes, we have a payment plan available as well. So if you felt like the past year you had some money blocks, some money stuff came up, you were afraid to maybe spend some money even on things you knew that would help you grow your business like Facebook ads or that new VA, virtual assistant, or you're having trouble raising your prices and receiving more, then you already know you need this training. And you can get signed up when you head over to jameswedmore.com forward slash MYM 2021. That's MYM 2021. Thank you so much and I'll see you soon. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.